right, we're going to start off with a beautiful, wonderful book, especially for uh, when there's snow on the ground like there is out here today, The Most Perfect Snowman by Chris Britt. I think it's a book that you really, really enjoy. So we can't wait to take a look at this one by Chris Britt. Drift was the loneliest of snowmen made from the first blustery snow of winter. He'd been built fast and then forgotten. With only two skinny stick arms and a small mouth and eyes made of coal. Drift dreamed of wearing a stylish hat, scarf, and mittens just like the other snowmen. Most of all, he dreamed of having a pointy orange carrot nose. If only I had that, I'd be perfect, he thought. All the other snowmen were much fancier than Drift and would giggle at him with frosty glee. Snazzy outfit, love your style. Dressed in their finery, they would have snowy fashion parades, snowball fights, and snowman dances that lasted all night. But Drift was never included. So he spent his days alone, swooshing and sliding through the wintry woods. One morning, three bundled up children walked by. What a plain looking snowman, said one little girl. You need a hat, here, take mine. And you can have my mittens, said the little boy. They were so snuggly, Drift ripped his, raised his arms in the air and smiled. The last little girl turned to Drift. Why don't you take my scarf? It felt soft and cozy as she placed it around his neck. She looked at him for a moment. Hmm, you're still missing something. Then, reaching into her coat pocket, she pulled out the most pointy orange carrot nose that Drift had ever seen. She squashed it into place. Now you're the perfect snowman. The other snowman watched in astonishment. All afternoon, Drift played with the children. He'd never been so happy. But soon, dark clouds rolled in and his new friends turned to walk back home. Drift thanked them and waved goodbye. That night, a terrible blizzard began to blow. Icy snowflakes ripped at Drift's new hat and mittens and tossed them into the air. Oh no, Drift gasped. He set out to search for his missing clothes. He looked up into the trees and down a stream, over the hills and bushes, but they were gone. Oh well, Drift sighed. At least I still have my beautiful scarf and new nose. Then, through the howling wind, Drift heard a whisper soft voice. I'm lost. Can you help me, please? It was a tiny bunny. It looked frightened and shivery cold. The bunny needed a safe place to survive the night. There was no shelter to be found. Drift took off his scarf and wrapped it gently around the bunny. There, now you'll stay warm. That's when you heard a faint growl. It was the bunny's tummy. Drift stared into the frosty night. He knew what he had to do. He reached up, removed his last remaining gift, and he gave his new friend something to eat. 
and became the most perfect snowman of all. What a nice story. The Most Perfect Snowman by Chris Britt. Book here, this is called Just Ask by Sonia Sotomayor, illustrated by Rafael Lopez. And Sonia Sotomayor is a pretty amazing person. She's a justice on the Supreme Court of the United States. And she wrote this book, Just Ask, Be Different, Be Brave, Be You. There's some really good lessons in this book. I really like this one. Just Ask by Sonia Sotomayor. Hi, I'm Sonia. My friends and I are planting a garden. Gardens are magical places. Thousands of plants bloom together, but every flower, every berry, and every leaf is different. Each has a different smell, different color, different shape, and different purpose. Some flowers need lots of sunlight. Others thrive in the shade. Some have to be trimmed regularly, while others are better off left alone. Some trees and flowers are more fragile and others are more hardy. Kids are all different too. Some of us are in a hurry and others take more time. Some of us seem shy and quiet while others are chatty and loud. Some of our differences are easy to spot and others take longer to notice. Each of us grows in our own way. So if you're curious about other kids, just ask. Not everyone is comfortable answering questions about themselves, but I don't mind. What am I doing? Several times a day, I prick my finger to measure the sugar in my blood, and I give myself shots of medicine called insulin. I do this because I have diabetes, and my body doesn't make insulin naturally like other people's. Even though this can sometimes hurt, I gather all of my courage to do it to be healthy. Do you ever need medicine to be healthy? I do. My name is Raphael, and I have asthma, which means I sometimes have trouble breathing. When that happens, I take a break and use an inhaler with medicine to make breathing easier. Quiet time helps me slow down and catch my breath. My inhaler is like a tool to help my body. Do you use a tool to help your body? I'm Anthony, and I use a wheelchair to get around. Even though I can't run with my legs, I can go super fast. How do you get How do you get from place to place? My name is Madison, and my guide dog Lucky helps me get places safely because I'm blind. My friend Arturo is blind too. He uses a cane to get around. Even though we can't see, we strengthen our other senses and notice lots of details others may miss. We can hear with our ears, smell with our noises, and feel with our hands. How do you use your senses? I'm Vijay. I can learn about the world differently because I can see, but I can't hear. I'm deaf. Most of the time, I communicate with people using my face and hands through sign language. It's cool to know another language. I also love reading and writing. What about you?
I'm Bianca, and I have dyslexia, so I have to work really hard and take my time when I'm reading and writing words. Sometimes I use a computer program to help me. I love learning by doing things. My imagination is full of ideas, and I'm very good at making art from the pictures I see in my mind. Are you, re are you really good at something? I, my name is Julia. Sometimes I wiggle or make sounds I can't control because I have Tourette's syndrome. People may look at me funny because they think I'm not paying attention or just acting out, but it's not true. I am listening. I don't always have to like explaining. I don't always like to having to explain. It frustrates me, but it helps when I tell people it's just what my body does. Do you ever feel frustrated? My name is Manuel, and I have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. It's also called ADHD. I can get frustrated. I can get frustrated when I really feel the need to move around even though I'm supposed to sit still. When my teachers and friends are patient with me, if I forget something or get distracted, I can get myself back on track. What's helpful to you? I'm Nolan. It's helpful to me when the food I eat has a clear label that says it's nut-free because I'm allergic to nuts. They can make me so sick that I would have to go to the hospital if I ate any, even by accident. So I always tell people about my allergy and ask if any food has nut ingredients. Speaking up keeps me healthy. How do you use your voice? I love to sing and I love to talk. I love to make new friends and be included. It's me, Sonia again. I ask questions too. When something seems different or new, I just ask my parents or my teachers and they help me to understand especially if my friends don't feel ready to explain. This is what I've learned. Imagine if all the plants in this garden were exactly the same. Like what if we could only grow peas? That would mean no strawberries or cucumbers or carrots. It might also mean no trees or roses or sunflowers. Just like in our garden, all the ways we are different make our neighborhood, our whole world really, more interesting and fun. And just like all these plants, each of us has unique powers to share with the world and make it more interesting or richer. What will you do with your powers? What a great book. I really like this book, Just Asked by Sonia Sotomayor. All right, this is a pretty interesting book. This is called The Lunch Thief by Anne Bromley, illustrated by Robert Casilla. And in this book, there's lots of things that happen and the author doesn't tell you. You have to see if you can figure out what's going on. I'm so hungry I can eat the crumbs the seagulls left behind. They fly in from the coast every day to clean up the schoolyard after lunch. Mama usually packs me at least two burritos, a bag of corn chips and a carrot and an apple. Once a week, she puts in a slice of her famous lemon pound, lemon pound cake. Hey, Raphael, how come you're not eating? Asked my best friend, Alfredo, as he's about to eat, bite into a thick tuna fish sandwich. I forgot my lunch, I lie. Ha, you never forget food, says Alfredo, poking my belly. Eating is my second most favorite thing to do. My favorite thing is pitching for the Beckerville School baseball team. Kevin, right now Kevin's sitting by himself next to the stone wall eating my burrito. I should report him, but he'll figure out who did it. And he's probably, he'll probably pick a fight after school. 
He's tall and skinny, but looks tough and fast, like he can pack a mean punch. I may be big for my age, but I'm not a fighter. Mama says fighting's for cowards. In class, I turn around when Mrs. Miller taps me on the shoulder. Oops, missed a page. When we're back in class after lunch, Kevin sits behind me. He pokes me in the back. Hey, Doughboy, you got any candy in your backpack? Cut it out, I hiss back. What's your name anyway, Kevin asks. Rafael Munoz. That's a funny name. No funnier than yours. I'll give you a quarter for some candy. He reaches into his pocket. Is that all you've got, I asked? For now, he says in a whisper. His scraggly hair almost covers his eyes. I don't have any candy. I don't have any food because somebody stole my lunch. I turn around when Mrs. Miller taps me on the shoulder. Kevin puts his head down on the desk. I think you boys better stop talking unless you want to spend time with me after school. Mrs. Miller writes our names on the whiteboard. First warning. The next day, Kevin steals Alfredo's lunch while Alfredo's in the restroom. Kevin grabs it from under Alfredo's desk and stuffs it into his jacket pocket. I shout, hey, what are you doing? Mrs. Miller scolds me for talking and writes my name on the board, again. One more time and I get detention. If I get detention, Mama will be mad at me because I've got to be home in time to babysit Lupita, my little sister, while Mama works her shift at the hospital. Alfredo and I look for Kevin along the stone wall, but he's not there. He's nowhere in the yard. When the bell rings after lunch, he runs out of the media center. He probably figured he'd be safe munching Alfredo's lunch there. Mama always says, use your mouth before your fists. So I give my mouth a chance the next day in social studies before the lunch bell. Hey, Kevin, what's up, I ask. Nothing. He just stares ahead like I'm not there. Where are you from anyway, I ask. Yacinto Valley. Is that where the fires were last month? Yeah, no big deal, he says, tossing the hair out of his eyes. No big deal. Half of Jacinto Valley was burned down by wildfires spread all over the county. Beckerville is lucky. The fires danced all around our town. There was so much smoke in the air we had to wear surgical masks when we went outside, but no one's house burned down. Kevin doesn't want to talk about the fires. You got any candy? I've got a quarter. He's biting his nails. We're not allowed to eat before lunch, I say. I want to tell him to keep his mitts off my lunch bag, which is hidden deep down in my backpack, squished burritos and all, but I don't. A little voice tells me to shut up. Mama says it's a good idea to listen to that voice. Once in a while, I do. When the bell rings, Kevin bolts out of the classroom like a scared pony, and I hear Kevin Olmstead scream, Somebody stole my lunch! Saturday, Mama Lupita and I go shopping for groceries. When Mama stops at the light before turning into the parking lot, it seems to stay red forever. So I look over at the budget motel and there's this skinny kid with stringy hair walking toward one of those rooms. He's holding a bundle of laundry. When he turns to close the door behind him, I see it's Kevin Kopeck. Do you know him? asked Mama asks. Yeah, he's the new kid from Jacinto Valley, I say. He and his family are probably living in that motel room. 
A lot of people from Jacinto Valley lost their homes, lost everything in those fires. Mama turns the car into the shopping plaza. He may be living there for a long time. I think about my lunch. Every day, Mama makes me two burritos. My baseball coach says I should lose some weight. Maybe I don't need two burritos. On Monday, Mrs. Miller puts us in different groups for a new project. Kevin Kopeck is my group. Before we start talking about who's going to do what, I ask him if he'd like to hang out with Alfredo and me at lunch. Sure, he says. Do you like burritos, I ask, handing a full lunch a bag, including a slice of lemon pound cake? He shakes the hair out of his eyes and smiles a little. Yeah, I do. Thanks. Then he reaches back into his pocket and pulls out a quarter. I just smile back. Well, what a nice book. Did you catch all the different things that were happening in there? It's pretty interesting.